Amen. I serve a good God. Amen. I, I, listen, I, I, I think about the things he's done for me. It won't make me jump that high. Praise God. Hallelujah. What a good God we serve. Amen. I don't know about you. Praise God. We need to rejoice because he's, he saved us. He saved us from the fires of hell. Praise God. There was no other place we were going but straight down. Praise God. He saved us from the judgment of Satan. He saved us from the judgment of this world. He saved us. He loved us. Come on, somebody. Praise God. How many are glad you're in church? And I know what. I'll tell you what. We, well, I'm not going to keep you that long, but we're going to have church this morning. Praise God. I'm going to preach a little bit to you and see where you go with it. Praise God. I'm looking forward for good fruit. Amen. Amen. Listen, I don't come up here every week and just to blow in. Praise God. I expect to see results. People change. Praise God. People's lives serving the Lord. Amen. That's just how I am. I believe in the old-fashioned way. Amen. Listen, we don't have a special program to make you believe. We just got the Bible, praise God. Got the Holy Ghost. <laughs> Come on, somebody. Got Jesus. Hallelujah. Is that good enough for you? Praise God. I don't know about you, but that's the only thing that works for me. <laughs> hey. <laughs> I might get excited. I'm excited to the mountain. <laughs> Hallelujah. God is a good God. Amen. Man, man, this is good. Praise God. Turn with me to Hebrews chapter uh, two, 12, verse 2, and I'm going to read a verse out then. I want to go to Matthew chapter 24. We're going to talk about the coming of the Lord again. I mean, praise God. I've been talking about, about what it would be like before Jesus would come back. And, you know, I hear, I hear people talk about, man, it's bad. I mean, society is bad. Things are bad. I mean, everything's going wrong. I mean, the people are getting more corrupt. Amen. You know what? But that's something we need to do. Amen. amen. Somebody say amen, brother. <laughs> There's something we need to do, and it's to, it's to build our faith. Amen? And to prepare for whatever's coming. God wants us to love Him. God wants us to serve Him. I was sharing that yesterday, and I said, you know, it's in the, pre it's in the character of God to bless us. He wants to warn us, y'all. He wants to get us ready for His return. Amen? Amen. I don't, I, you know, and I don't say this with the wrong spirit. It hurts me to have to say, the church is not ready. The body of Christ in general is not ready because it's caught up in all kinds of fads and strange things. And you know what I'm saying? And it ain't God. Jesus said it like this. I'm going to read this verse because I, I believe that's what the Lord wants. And let's start, let me read verse 1 first because it kind of ties in in Hebrews. Therefore, we also, since we're surrounded or camps about such a great cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight. Every bondage. Come on, somebody. Everything that brings us down. Everything that defeats us. Amen. Let us lay that aside. He said, and every sin which so easily besets us. No, it's not hard to sin. <laughs> Come on, it's not hard to do what the devil wants. You just got to tell him, I'll do it, devil. People say, well, that's, that sounds kind of corny. No, it's true. You just got listen, to obey the devil is just to say, devil, yes. How many ever told the devil yes? <laughs> Don't lie. Come on, put your hand up. <laughs> You've obeyed the devil, even as a Christian, right? <laughs> but the Bible says it's the oneness to put aside all the weight and bondages and sin that so easily besets us. And let us run with, come on, patience. That's something I got a problem with. I got to admit, praise God. You know, I'm learning, praise God. I'm, try, I'm trying to say, God, every time I get impatient, Lord, forgive me for that sin, praise God. Believe me, it's, it's, it's one of those sins that seem to kind of stay stuck to a Christian, amen. We can't get, we just can't get that impatient spirit out. It's a demon, man. He wants to destroy us. Come on, somebody. <laughs> See, when you get impatient, you get, a, you get doubtful and you get, you get full of unbelief and fear. But he says here, unless, let me, let me, every way and every sin that so only snares us, he says, let us run with patience or endurance the race that is set before us. Looking, this is the verse I want to look at. Looking unto Jesus, the finisher of our faith, the author of our faith, the one that has set our faith for heaven. You know, I was thinking when I was getting ready to preach this, you know, Jesus is the author of my faith. Jesus establishes my faith. Jesus tells me what to believe. He shows me the way. That is it. 
Praise He said, well, Lenny, if I do give more money, if I do more, go to church more, and all, that's all good stuff. But you know what? That doesn't settle your faith. If I talk in tongues, that's good, but it's still not enough. Tongues don't make you any righteous than anybody else. Your faith is settled in what Jesus did 2,000 years ago. You're getting ready for the coming of the Lord. And if that is not the first thing that's founded in your life, you ain't going. Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. Come on, somebody. If Jesus is not the foundation, if Jesus is not writing the book on your life, if Jesus is not the one setting the order and placing things in place, there's no heaven for you. And I know people listen to me on the internet and they might get upset, but I'm going to tell you right now, being a Baptist ain't going to save you. Being a assembly, God ain't going to save you. Be a Catholic ain't going to save you. Being a go to home full gospel church member ain't going to save you. You're not built upon those things. You're built upon Jesus Christ and him crucified. That is the author. He's the one that set it in motion. Now you see in your life, you're walking with God every day. He's teaching you. He's training you, right? He's preparing you for what? For his coming. Oh, man, I feel that, praise God. I said he's preparing you for his coming. I said he's preparing you for his coming. Because when you're going through things, and it seems kind of hard sometimes, it's not bad. It might not feel good when God has to chasten us and correct us and set us in order. But, you know, it doesn't feel good. But for that moment, I said, it hurts. Hallelujah, it hurts to get corrected. The Bible says when your early father corrected you, he did it for his own pleasure. He did it to, to, to let you know, I'm the boss, buddy. I am the one that, that says, makes the rules, right? Amen. I used to joke around with some people. I said, listen, you want to know who has the rule in your house? Go to Second Opinion 3-4. Don't look in the Bible. It's not there. <laughs> he that paid the bills making the rules. No. <laughs> that, <laughs> come on. Don't look for it. It's not in the Bible. <laughs> Jesus makes the rules, right? Amen. Jesus is the author and the finisher of our faith. So my message today is that if you're going to be ready for his coming, that has to be your foundation. That has to be the thing that sets you in order, right? right. Listen, I learn every day. Listen, even now, 40-some years, let me tell you something. I had to first start start with the very first thing when I first came to that door was the love of God. I had to understand it. So I'll be honest, sometimes I still don't understand because why would he love me, right? Why, Why would he want anything to do with me? Why would he want, even now, I look at that sometimes, I, I, I feel God, and I say, Lord, I'm trying. No, you're not, son. You're doing what your flesh wants you to do. See, when you, when you get into sin, it's called flesh, and you obey the devil. <laughs> See, that's why we need to realize that God is trying to teach us you can't walk in the spirit and the flesh at the same time. Come on. How many want to go to heaven? How many want to make the rapture? God has to, Jesus has to be the author of your life. He has to write the, 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 the blueprint of your life. I don't write it. I'm just up here as a mouthpiece, man. I'm only the messenger. I'm not the message, right? <laughs> Seriously. I know God is speaking here in Coder Homes. I know it. I could feel There's times, especially when prayer, we come here, I could feel the presence of the Lord. And he's given us a word. Listen, the Lord told me a few months back, he said, son, I just want you to get my people ready. Give them what I tell you to, you know, what, you, what I tell you to say, say it. Make my word clear. Prepare these people. I'll say, God, I need preparing. That's what he's doing with me. He's preparing me. He's coming, y'all. Listen to me, praise God. Listen, most Christians don't want him to come. You know why? Because they're not ready. Huh? Come on, somebody. The Bible says he's coming for a church without spot or blemish. Come on, he's coming for a church that is right, a church that is ready, a church that is prepared. And you are the church. I am the church. We're a body here, praise God. And we have to be ready. I can't speak for some other church. I can only talk for this one. As the pastor here, I have to tell you, get ready, get ready, get ready, get ready. Come on, somebody. Say, I'm going to get ready, praise God. I'm going to be ready. We, this is the first thing that the Lord wants of us as believers, that we get ready to meet Jesus, right? right. Turn me to Matthew 24 now. How many want to get ready? Amen. You know, I was, I was I'm going to tell you something, a couple of, and I, this is just, lately God has been speaking to me in these little these special ways. He says, son, you know, we all want God to do his will in our life. You know, we all say, God, your will. Amen. But, you know, I asked, the Lord asked me, son, will you accept it? 
Will you accept my will? Watch. And, and you know what? Something happened. Black, I'm going to tell you what, brother. And I realized just how much it hurts to accept God's will. Because God's will is a holy will. God's will is a, wor- a will of worship and obeying his voice. Mother, I feel that, praise God. God's will, he's the author of your life. He sets those things in order. Listen, don't tell me you don't fight God. I do. When, when, when I'm wrestling with things in my life and, and the Lord says, well, Andy, I want, you're going to do it this way. Well, God, I, I can do it my way. It's easy if I do it my way. You can't do it your way. It doesn't work your way. God sets the order. God sets the plan. God knows the way. And it's, it hurts sometimes when you've you got to do it God's way, right? Amen. Come on. You don't think Jesus, Jesus made it very clear when he was going to die on the cross. He said, Lord, not in my will. You think he wanted, to, he wanted to die on that cross? No, his flesh didn't want. See, he, he knew the pain that was coming. He knew the affliction that was coming. He knew the penalty that was coming. He knew what, he knew what they were going to do to him. Praise God. But he said, not in my will, but thy will. Amen. And you know, that's a, that's a statement that we quote all the time, but we don't even understand half of what it, what, what, what it means. I've got to accept God's will. If God's will is for me to do something or live, live a certain way, i got to do it, right? If God's will is for me to separate from this world, i got to do it. Come on, if God's will is for me to pray and to seek his face, i got to do it. If God's will is for me to refrain from evil and look to, look to, look to him, i got to do it. Are you ready to accept God's will? Are you ready to pay that price? You know, sometimes I think a lot of times that's maybe why we don't have people flooding in here because they know. You know, I want, I want, I'm going to preach the gospel, okay? I'm not going to hold it back. People have to, when you leave here, you got to make a decision. Am I going to do it God's way? But that preacher made me mad. Well, I, I'm not the one writing this thing. God is, right? He's the author, right? Jesus is the author and the finisher of your faith. Jesus is the one that says things in order, not me. I'm only reading the Bible. <laughs> I'm only telling you God demands a holy life. God demands a righteous life. God demands that you obey him. Right? I want to read uh, verse 4. Because the last couple of weeks I've been talking about what it's going to be like before he comes back. Right? The first thing you warn the people of, take heed that no man deceive you. That was the very warning. And you know they got a lot of deceivers out there, praise God. They got a lot of liars out there that stand behind pulpits and proclaim another gospel, right? So he warns us. That's the very, you have to have the pure word, amen? You have to receive the pure word of God. Not a watered-down version, not a halfway, not a 25% way. The gospel, the full gospel. This is a full gospel church, right? We're not a half gospel church, right? We got to accept the whole word. The word is, the, word is the, the, the one that designs and prepares us for the way or for the coming of Christ. So Jesus warned the disciples that there were going to be a lot of false prophets that are going to come and deceive many. Then he goes on to talk about what it's going to be. You've got to remember when you read in Matthew chapter 24 that Jesus is addressing the Jewish people, right? Jesus is talking about what it's going to be like when the tribulation comes. And he warns the people. But you see, for us as believers, Gentiles, we have to take the warning. We have to know what to look for before he comes back, right? Amen. So when I read Matthew 24, when he talks about before he comes back, he said, this is what, the, what, this is what it's going to be like. Listen, you could put the television on right now, and you could see on, the things that are out there. I've never in my life, I'm, I've been here 61 years. <laughs> I forgot how old I was. Like, I must be getting old. <laughs> Didn't you tell me one time you want to live 100 years old? I said, you ought to be pretty close right now, Black. <laughs> All right. Anyway, God is good. Verse 4 says, Jesus answered and said, Take heed that no man deceive you, for many will come in my name saying, I am Christ, or say Jesus is the Christ. You know, I look at it, the Catholic Church believes Jesus is the Christ. Come on, the Baptists and all you can go to other denominations. In one way or another, they have a form of Jesus doctrine in their, in their teachings. Yeah. But it's not the Jesus of the Bible. 
Come on, somebody. Many are going to come in my name and say, did we not cast out devils in your name? Did we not do all these mighty works in our name? He's going to say, depart from me. I never knew you. You know, they were, they were claiming that these miracles were coming from him, but they wasn't. It was coming from Satan. Right? Because see, Satan does miracles. What's bad about that right now, he's doing more miracles in the modern church. Because, you know, he, people, are, people are running to Satan's lies because the church is dead. The body of Christ don't, 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 can't, can't raise a flea from the grave. But come on. And I'm not trying to be funny. I think we have miracles in this church. I see the miracles happen. But you know what? It's not what we need it to be. Right? Amen. We need to see God move. And listen, I have no problem. I want it. I want the manifestation of the Holy Spirit in this church. And the manifestation is going to come out with miracles. and going to be signs and lives changing. That's all a manifestation of the, of, of the Holy Spirit in the church. But right here, you're seeing they're coming. And they're going to come to this. Hey, gee, we know who Jesus is. Hey, we believe he's a good prophet. We believe he's the son of God. And they're going to sit there and lie with the name of Jesus. They're going to take the name of Jesus and deceive people. And make, they're going to preach another Jesus, like Paul said. Y'all get where I'm coming from? And that's going to be one of the dangerous, the most dangerous signs of the end time. That, that's, that, that's the most dangerous one because Jesus put it first. But I'm going to go on with this and he says, and I'm going to say verse 6. And he says, and you shall hear wars and rumors of wars. How many hear that today? Praise God. How many? Listen, there's always been wars, but not like it's been now. I mean, that's going to be such an explosion of... They say that it's very possibly that they can destroy every human life on this planet right now with one button. You know, men start throwing these nuclear bombs at each other and, and uh, atomic bombs and stuff like that. I mean, life's destroyed. I believe God's going to hold it back for a time till he gets his, you know, he sets his things in order. I don't believe men's going to destroy the earth. Because the, the Lord told Noah, he said, he says, I'll never destroy the earth again on the flood. In other words, he would not gonna, he's going to refine it. I believe he's going to bring it back to where it was. You know, if you read First Peter about, he says the judgment of fire is going to come upon the earth. And it's going to, it's going to, God's going to refine it. He's going to bring it back to when he, when he was first established, I believe, with Adam and Eve. That's just me, okay? I believe God's going to bring it back to its natural state. I believe it's going to be just as good as when Adam and Eve uh, walked, the, the, walked the earth. Praise God. But anyway, I don't want to go that, that direction anymore. <laughs> but he said there's going to be wars and rumors of wars. You're going to hear earthquakes in diverse places. I mean, there's going to be signs in the heavens. I mean, things are going to happen. The church is going to be shaken, right? Amen. And God's going to shake what can't be shaken. I mean, right now we have in California, San Andreas Falls. If that thing yeah. erupts, half of California is in the ocean. Ireland, uh, they're talking about uh, the National Park, uh, Yellowstone. Yellowstone. Got a super volcano underneath it. If, if that thing explodes, it'll destroy half of America. So they, they, they've, they've, they've done exploded in, in before, but these things are all happening at the same time. It seems like, you know, you used to have one here a couple of years, you know, you, but now it's all piling up and it's coming up in one time. There are signs of death, disease, I mean, famine. I mean, earthquakes. I mean, it's, 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 it's magnified. There's earthquakes placing right now that never had an earthquake, praise God. Most people don't realize we have, up the Mississippi Valley, we, they have a fault right there. And they're waiting for that thing. You know what's, what's going to happen to Louisiana? I mean, anything in that vicinity, if that thing goes, I mean, we think we're safe here, we're not. But you know what? God is calling us to get ready, Right? He's preparing us for him to come back. And that's why I read that verse in Hebrews chapter 2. He says, who is the author and finisher of your faith? What is your faith? Now, I tell somebody, we talk about faith all the time, but we don't know what it means. We don't really understand faith is establishing in what God said, right? What God said in his word. My faith is knowing that I'm going to go meet the Lord one day. I believe the rapture is going to happen. I believe that, I'm going to read that to you where it says, well, he has an appointed us unto wrath. You know, he pulled Noah out. He pulled Lot and his family out. Before he judged about judgment. So I believe he's going to take us out. Now I'm not going to tell you it's not going to get hard before that happens. I think the world's going to get bad. I think they're going to come after you. They're going to come after us. Anybody that believes. You know, they know you go to church. <laughs> Listen, when I get in my car to come over here in the morning, my phone says, 23 minutes to Coda Homes. Yep. They know exactly what they're, they're recording all of that. They know you go to church. <laughs> So, so if, if, you don't want to, if you don't want to face the judgment of man, uh, just don't come. <laughs> yeah. 
But, uh, of course, I don't encourage that. <laughs> I'm saying, here's, if you don't want to pay the price, because they know. They know you're here. Praise God. But anyway, verse 7, nation shall rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. And there will be famine and pestilence and earthquakes in various places, diverse places. All these are the beginning of sorrows. Listen, I want you to catch that little word. It's only the beginning. That sounds bad enough already, right? He said, that's only the beginning. The beginning. That's all, it's only the start. I mean, all this stuff is happening and, 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 and it ain't even started yet. <laughs> it's going to get bad. Seriously, it's going to get bad. He says, then they will deliver you up, talking about the nation, the, uh, deliver you up to tribulation. And it's talking again about the Jewish people. I don't believe we're going to be here for that, okay? I believe tribulation is, is to get Israel back right with God, all right? It's the time of Jacob's trouble, the prophecy says. Uh, you don't have to be here, but if you are here, you're going to face all the same judgments. Listen to me, praise God. I am, I am, my goal here is, as the pastor is to help you make the rapture, okay? Listen, my goal is to try to get you to understand that you have to, I can't go in your heart and make it happen for you. I can't tell you what to believe, all right? I can't make you live a holy life. Listen, I can tell you to come to church, but I can't make you come to church. I can tell you to pray, but I can't make you pray. I can tell you about to read the Bible, but I can't make you do it, right? Amen. That's between you and the Lord. I can tell you all those things you're supposed to do, but I can't make you do it. <laughs> See? I know God has a, 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 the Holy Spirit out there drawing hearts, you know. And I thank God. I have to depend on the Holy Spirit to draw hearts. But I still, I can't make, I can't do it. I'm here to give you a word from the Lord. You have to make sure that you're ready for the coming of Christ. You have to make sure that you're right with God. I'm, listen, I, I believe today we're giving you some medicine, giving you the word that you can go on, that you can establish your faith. Praise God. And that word is the word of Christ. It's what Jesus says, right? It's what Jesus established, the author and finisher of your faith. Amen. I can't get up here and give you a bunch of rules coming from, my, from me. It ain't going to do you any bit of good. <laughs> I can't tell you, well, let me tell you, you need to write, do this, do this, and write, and go here and act this. And, and it ain't going to work. But if Jesus says it, right? If Jesus establishes it, Amen. then it's right. Amen. Okay? And it goes on. And all these things will come. And then they will deliver you up to the tribulation and kill you. You're talking about the, the Jewish people. That's what he's talking about here, okay? Because I believe we're going to be gone by then. Before tribulation comes, before the, the declaration is going to sign seven years, I believe the church is going to be gone. Amen. And Jesus is trying to warn the Jewish people. And you'll be hated of all nations for my name's sake. And many will be offended, betray one another, and hate one another. Wow, that's happening today. <laughs> You don't have to wait for the tribulation for that. that that's, that's on an exhale right now, man. That, that's, that's exceeding more than I've ever saw it. I never saw so many people divided. I never saw so many people hate one another. I never saw so many people want to destroy one another. Every time you even... Listen, little children, man, shooting people to death. Can you imagine that? When they should be riding a bike or a, a playing a game, they, they're shooting. I had, I tell you the other day, I had a, a little two little guys passing in front of my dump truck one day. I, and I looked at them and said, how y'all doing, fellas? They never gave me a greeting, but they, they, they had hard faces. They could have been maybe 12 or 13 years. They're like they wanted to kill me with their eyes. I said, man, what's wrong with them, them kids, man? I said, they had a hard look. I, you got you to gotta understand what I'm saying. Yeah. You know, a little child, you, you know, I mean, they used to be some of the most friendly people they got. But, I mean, used to be. But this, these little boys had some hard looks, man. They were angry, Chucky. They were angry. They were angry at life. They, were, they, they, they thought they were, everybody's after them, apparently, and they're victims of everything. And I said, man, come on. We were talking to me and R.G. yesterday. I said, you know, we used to run up and down that level, man. We, that's, all, that's all was our fun, man. We didn't worry about the world. <laughs> Seriously, we didn't think about shooting anybody. We get a little scratch with the little kids down the levee, you know, we duke them out, but we never, we never kill them. <laughs> now, now they pull the trigger on you, man. They'll put you to death in a heartbeat. It's bad, y'all. Listen, it's bad. Black is bad. Dark and cold, man. It's just hardness and just, I don't know how to explain it. We're living in some tough times. 
Yet our government says, we're going to go into public schools and we're going to fix everything. Oh, yeah, they're fixing a lot. We're going to, we're going to take care of you, all your medical needs and everything. We've got more disease and more, more hate and more bitterness and more division than we've ever had. And I don't see an end to it. I only see it getting worse. But Jesus said this kind of life would happen. This would be, you know, I believe it's happening right now. But during the tribulation period, it's going to be worse. The Bible warns the Jewish people, that, or warns all of us, that if you're, going to be, if you're in the tribulation period, you're going to, accept, you're going to have to go through all this stuff. Don't, 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 don't go. Make it right now. Do right now. Settle it with the God right now that you don't have to be in that tribulation period, right? But the, the thing that I'm talking about is that it's going to be evil, man. It's going to be, it's going to be full of hate and pride and jealousy and, and division and Desire to control is going to be, it's going to be horrible. And you can see many false prophets going to rise up and deceive many. Back again, he talks about that in verse 20, verse 12. It says, and because lawlessness is going to abound, lawlessness, sin, wickedness, the love of many is going to do what? Wax coal. Wax coal. You know, we, we have people today, they don't even know what love is. You know what I'm saying? They have no concept of what love is. They're, they're taught, you know, through the media, through the entertainment world. They're taught through all of this stuff. You know, love is not even present. They're taught, we got to love. You heard it. They got commercial. Just love people. They don't know what love is. How can you love somebody and let them go to hell? Come on, somebody. How could you love somebody? I love my, my, my children and my wife and my, and my kids, and I'm not going to tell them to hurt their feelings. Well, you're gonna hurt, they're going to be hurting a lot more than that. Come on, somebody. They're going to face eternal judgment, separation without God. You better open your mouth and say something because it's coming. Come on, y'all. Seriously. I mean, listen, I, listen I, could, look, I could have one of my children at the end of an alligator pit. You know, and say, jump in, son or daughter, you can make it on the other side. Well, how stupid is it? You call that love? I'd go grab him, pull him away from it, right? <laughs> I wouldn't let him jump to start. <laughs> we all, they all got to learn their own way. No, there's only one way, buddy. And you better, you better tell Jesus is that way. That's the kind of life it's going to be. No offending world. Let everybody live their own life. Let them do. No, we don't need a preacher to tell them how to live their life. We don't need a, a church to tell them how to live their life. They can do their own thing. I'll tell you right now, I see what the things they're doing, and it ain't good. They're not destroying their life. They're destroying other people's lives. They're fighting against God. And you know what? You can't fight God and win. Come on, somebody. <laughs> Judgment is coming. Amen. Right? Amen. Are you ready to meet the Lord? I'm not going to be much longer, but I want to share this with you this morning. Read verse 21. I'm going to kind of go through it and says, For then there will be great tribulation. Great tribulation. We know tribulation as troubles and trials, but this is going to be great. This is going to be something that never has been. And he says, great tribulation, such as has not been since the world began. Of the world until now, this time, nor shall ever be. It'll never have a time like it. Come on, think about that. This old world has saw some bad troubles, but it'll ne- there'll never be a time like this time Amen. because it's, it'll never happen again. God, God won't even permit it because when this is going to happen, this is going to be the mother of tribulation. This is going to be the time where, and I, I look black. I, I, I look at it this way: the tribulation is a way to let sin destroy itself. Everything in that seven years is going to come back to one thing, Jesus coming back, right? Yep. And he's going to come back and take and rule. And he's going to rule with a rod of iron, the Bible says. He's going to set things in order. We're going to rule with Jesus for a thousand years. Come on, somebody. Amen. Right. thousand years, Christ is going to come back to rule this earth. At the end of the thousand years, the devil that was locked up in that prison, He's going to be turned loose. He's going to go deceive the world. Now, you know, it bothers me. You live in perfect peace. Everybody has everything, no sickness, no disease. Everything is met. And yet, people are still going to rebel after a thousand years. They're going to want to rebel against the Lord. Anyone make me think about the, the, the Pharisees said, who, we will not have this man to rule over us. That's the heart of man. That's the heart of the pride of man, not wanting to follow Jesus. Come on, somebody. 
But after a thousand years, they're going to rebel. The devil's going to come back and he's going to let him loose. He's going to rebel again. And God's going to set an order and finally get rid of Satan once and for all. We'll never have a problem with the devil ever again. After, After the great white throne judgment. When every dead person, every living person is going to stand before the throne of God and have to give an account for their lives. Right? But I don't want to get off in it. I'm still trying to jump ahead of myself. But remember, we're living in a time where judgment and lawlessness, I'm going to say lawlessness and sin is abounding. First thing he told us, watch watch who you listen to. Take heed. He warned us. Take heed that no man deceive you. The second thing he warned us about is that these things are going to happen. Lawlessness is going to abound. If you, if you go back on the internet and you listen today, it's supposed to air today. I talked about, about God, are you chosen? That was one of the, the things I'd added to this because it was necessary. Me, as a Christian, I've got to make sure that I am in the plan of God. I am chosen of God. And I'm not talking about chosen to be a preacher or a prophet. Or, I'm saying chosen, chosen Christian. That when God lets his rod down, and if he was there last week, I talked about a rod. I talked about a, he had a, a, the Lord Shepherd had a rod, and he had this little corral where he'd pass one sheep in front of the other. And what he would do is that when he laid the rod down as the sheep would pass, that's the one he would accept. And the rest of them, no matter how good they looked, he would pass them on by and let them go live their own lives because they didn't want to serve God. So he would, he would set them on their own way, and, and he would choose the sheep he wanted. Now you could have a sheep that was, that was fat and healthy, looked, looked good, looked like a Christian, but the, the, the shepherd would reject him, right? Because he had bitterness in his heart. He had anger in his heart. He had pride in his heart, selfishness in his heart. All, everything was about him. Even though he looked dressed apart, there was no love of God in him. But they had that one, I was telling them yesterday, that he would put that looked, it was sickly. That one that looked weak. And he would accept that one. Because Jesus says, when you're weak, then, yeah, am I strong? So he wants the ones that want him and need him. Right? He wants the ones that depend on him. Amen. See, a lot, a lot of people that's, you know, in the book of Revelation, it says you're going to be well fed. You're gonna be, you know what I'm saying? You say we have rich, we have need of nothing. And so know that you're wretched and miserable and naked. That's what the book of Listen, I want to fully depend on the Lord. Come on, somebody. Do you, want to, do you realize what I'm trying to say? I want to fully depend on the Lord for whatever I need. Amen. You know, I had a dream the other night. And I'm fixing the clothes because it takes forever to do this. I saw in a dream me preaching. And there was one man in the back of, I guess it's a church. I don't know where it was at. And I started saying, you know, Jesus is the author. Now, that's where I got this message from, about the, I got this scripture from. He's the author and the finisher. He settles it his, his, his way. And that man said, well, yeah, but let me tell you, you got to go through this. And he was telling me, you got to go. He was getting mad at me, man, because he, you see, his, this, this religious plan he had didn't work. And he got mad because I said, Jesus was the only answer. And it comes back to me, and people get mad when you say that. If you, they ask you, do you think you got the only way? Yes. See, that makes religion mad. Come on, somebody. (laughs) Do you think your faith is the only faith? Yes. If I believe what this book says, it is. I know people on the internet might get mad at me, but I don't don't care. It's not the first time probably. But Jesus is the only way. It's not Buddha. It's not Muhammad. It's not Allah. It's Jesus, right? I had a guy come to my office black years ago. I was, listen, he got mad. He, was, he came in the office. He was buying some mulch or limestone or something. I don't know what it was. And he found out he was a Muslim. But he had come in before. He, he never told me, you know, he was a Muslim. And he's a gentle little fella. I mean, he was, I'm telling you, it really happened. He was gentle. He looked like he was meek. He was quiet. But when I started talking to him about Jesus, and boy, I said, you know what? I found out he was Muslim. I said, I said Jesus, you ain't getting to heaven without Jesus. He got mad, bro. And he blew up. I'm not joking. He got mad at me. I thought he was going to come back and blow the little trail off the, off the wheels, man. Dude, that's how mad he was. I never saw somebody change from such a meek fella to such an angry 
fella. I said, Jesus is the only way. I had one couple of Jehovah's Witnesses came one time, and I was trying to preach to one. He said, I said, don't you believe in hell? No, don't you believe in hell? No. They don't even believe. They, they, you got to understand what religion does. It takes, the, it takes Jesus out of the equation. It takes heaven out. It takes all your hope out. It takes all your faith out. You got to follow the customs of the religion. And, it, and let me tell you, Jehovah's Witness is about the most occultic, devilish religion there is. And I told him, I said, man, he started explaining what he don't believe in. <laughs> no heaven, no healing, no, no uh, you know, everything we hold dear in our faith. I looked at him, I said, man, what hope do you have? And Blackie's face got stunned. He said, you're right, I don't have no hope. No I saw it. I said, what am I, what am I believing this for? You, got, you didn't tell me that, but you could feel it. I said, I'll tell you what I believe. I said, I believe Jesus Christ died for my sins. I believe he's coming back. I believe he's going to, I'm going to be with him one day. And look, he's, you can feel the spirit different. You can feel the atmosphere change, man. I said, that's what I believe. He's coming back. Are you ready? Amen. Verse 32 says this, and I'm going to just, now learn the parable of the fig tree. When is he coming back? You know, if the fig tree, most of you don't understand, has a certain time to blossom, right? A fig tree don't produce figs all year. But he says, he used the fig tree as an example. He says, the fig tree says, he says, watch it. He says, when its branches had already become tender and put it forth leaves, you know that the summer is near, right? When you see a fig tree blossom, summer's around the corner. Right? And look how he says this. When you, and he makes it very clear that, I want to see verse 33. So when you also, when you see all these things, know that it is near, even at the door. Right? What, what things? See, this is our preparation for the, see, you're, you're going to know when the tribulation is going to come. When this thing's going to start. When this is all going to happen, you got to look up. Because when you see all this stuff happening, he says, just like the, the, the fig tree that blossoms before summer, when you're going to see this all coming, no, it's near. Yep. The Lord spoke to me this morning. He spoke to me a couple of Thursdays. And I felt it, y'all. I'm near, son. Summer is near. Come on, somebody. Amen. The fig trees are blossoming. Yep. He's coming. We're looking for him. Praise God. Listen, I can't make you believe this, okay? You're going to have to accept it by faith. You're going to have to say, you're right. That's up to you, but you and the Lord. That's, that's the best. I, I can tell you what the Lord spoke to me, praise God. And I can show you scripturally. When you know all these things are happening, he says, look up. Your redemption. Right now. I don't know about y'all, but I'm looking for the day when Jesus comes back. It looks like I was the other day. I was just waiting. Like I said, Lord, what's gonna, how's it going to feel to be caught up in the, in, the, in the air to meet the Lord? How's it going to feel to be in the presence of Jesus? How's it going to feel to be lifted up in the air with, the, with our, our brothers and sisters that went on before us? How's it going to feel? What is that going to be like? My God. <laughs> I can imagine all kind of stuff. What, what a day that's going to be, man. I could, I, could, I could picture in my mind, well, what is it going to be like? I'm going to have a brand new body, not this old broken up thing I'm living in right now. <laughs> I'm going to be changed in a moment, in a twinkling of an eye. I'll be in the presence of the Lord. I think that it could happen in the next few minutes. Yes, I want you to turn to me, now I'm finished, in First Thessalonians. I'm sorry, Second Thessalonians. And I'm going to show you something. This is the hope of every believer. I'm looking for this day. God has given us an answer, praise God. He wants us to get ready, okay? He wants us to be ready for when he comes. Amen. All right, chapter 2. First, I'm going to look at verse, uh, verse 3. You know, if you have somebody... Especially a loved one that you love, warn them. If you have somebody that's dear to your heart, go tell them. Listen, the other day when I got that word from the Lord that he was coming, I, I, Lord said, I want you to go first start at your own house. Go meet your children. Tell your daughters and your sons that Jesus is coming. And you need to get right. I did it to every one of them. I asked my wife. And my grandkids. 
If you've got grandkids and daughters and sons, tell them. Please, warn them. Please, there's nothing I could think would disturb me more than knowing one of my children in hell. Right? That they've missed God. People say, well, they might accept him in the tribulation. If they can't follow him now, I doubt if they're going to follow him when the tribulation period is going to happen. I mean, I, I hope I'm wrong. But there, there ain't going to be a time like it on the earth, Black. Yeah. It's going to be horrible. It's going to be, it's going to be bad, right? There's so many signs right now. Oh, yes, sir. I want you to look at verse 2. Do not be soon shaken in mind or trouble either by spirit or by word or letter. Paul's writing to the Thessalonian church because they were worried about if the, Jesus comes back, what's going to happen to our dead loved ones? You know what I'm saying? How, what's going to happen to them? He's, he's trying to console them and say, listen, I'm going to read it to you. I don't go ahead of myself. because He says, neither by letter or, or spirit or word or letter as from us, as though that day of Christ has come. Let no man deceive you by any means, for the day will not come except there be what? Great falling away. People will be backsliding. People will turn in from God, turning from the Word of God. They'll be turning their back on, on the Lord. My Lord, I don't know, that scares me. I, saw, I never saw so much people right now, I told Janice that, that I never would have thought would have backslid on God, ain't even serving God today. People that, that read this book, that preached it, People that stood on it, living like Satan, living away from God. Even now, you know, this, this church used to be full. I'm glad you're here. But man, it used to be, where are all the people? Where are all the, those that heard the gospel? Those that committed, those that got saved, Blackie? Those that repented and given their life to Jesus, where are they today? Now, some of them might be serving God. I'm not saying that, seriously. But some of them are not. Some of them are, are, are living for Satan. And it goes on, it says, I said, it says this. And it says, the day will come. The day will not come unless there be a great falling away. Comes first. And the man of sin is revealed. Talking about the Antichrist, the son of perdition. That was one of the signs that he gave that there would be a great falling away. You could talk to a lot of pastors today. They're going to tell you the same thing I'm telling you. Man, people don't want to come to church anymore. People don't want to pray no more. People are not following God no more. People have fallen sin. You know, one of the biggest religious days of the year is going to happen in February called the Super Bowl. False religion. Because it sets men's affections. They'll pay $500, some up to $2,500 a ticket to go watch dummies running across a field with a ball. <laughs> Seriously, pay millions of dollars to go run across a, a pasture with a football. <laughs> Come on, somebody. But they're going to pay. It's going to be a multi-million dollar event. Probably close to a billion. Men are going to give their whole month's salary to go watch this. But yet they, they can't protect God's church. They can't support God's church. They, 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 they strange them to, 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 to be able to support the work of God. I thought to myself, you tell me, and a lot of them are Christians. Listen to me. A lot of them go to church. What if God comes when the Super Bowl is being played or any event? What a shock. What a shock. And I'm not saying that because they, listen, I'm not judging people. That's not what I'm doing. I'm saying that the event is, is not of God. It draws men away from God. It separates men from, from serving the Lord. They put more effort into, I know I was caught up in it. I'm serious, I, I had to go, I, I, it bothered me if I knew the saints wasn't winning when I was sitting in church. Seriously. I don't care if they, 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 they. They jump off a cliff right now. I'll text my wife. Totally, I got delivered. <laughs> I realized, what am I cheering about? <laughs> a bunch of grown men chasing after one ball and they can afford one for themselves. <laughs> I said, what a useless, useless 
part of my time, man. But anyway, I want you to turn, and it's right there, and I'm going to finish, okay? I want you to go to 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, right next door. I'm sorry, 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. 1 Thessalonians, I'm sorry. Chapter 4, verse 15. The one thing that the Lord asks us to do as a church before he comes back, that's why it's important we come together to encourage each other, to comfort each other. Me and Black, sometimes we talk on the phone. Man, we talk about the coming of the Lord, that's Black. Amen. And we, we encourage each other, man. We just comfort. And that's the same thing with a lot of you. Praise God. Is that we're looking for that day, the day of the coming of Christ, the day when Jesus is coming back. And it says here, verse 13. Let's start with verse 13. He says, Brother, I would not have you to be ignorant concerning those who have fallen. Remember I talked about those that have died. The Thessalonians were worried about if they would make the rapture. If Jesus comes back, what would happen to them? Well, I like Paul's, right? I like Paul's answer, praise God. He says, concerning those who are asleep or have died, lest, sorrow, lest you sorrow as others who have no hope. You have hope, right? Amen. The dead saint that went on before you, he has hope. Praise God. The world don't have hope. The world's going into the tribulation period. Society's going to face the wrath of God. And that's the only thing the world got to look forward to. You have a better hope, right? Amen. Listen, you're going to heaven, right? Jesus comes back, the rapture halls calls, you're gone. You're going to be with Jesus. You don't have to be part of that mess, right? And he says, For if we believe that Jesus Christ died and rose again, even so he will bring with him those who sleep in Christ, those that have died. For this we say unto you, by the word of the Lord. In case I by the word of the Lord, not by Lanny, not by somebody else, by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain shall at the coming of the Lord by no means shall prevent those that have died or went to, uh, fell asleep. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, <laughs> with the voice of the archangels. Come on, somebody. And the dead in Christ shall rise first. And them which are alive and remain shall be caught up to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. Come on, somebody. That's how you hope. That's our hope. Hallelujah. If you're listening to me on the internet, that's your hope. <laughs> Don't look to man. Don't look to religion. Don't look to governments. Look to Jesus. He's coming. I have a hope. Come on. I have that hope. I have that hope. Come on. If, you, if, you live, if you're born again, that's your hope. If you love the Lord and you're serving Him with your life, that's your hope. He's coming. The trumpets are fixing the sound. You're fixing to hear some noise. <laughs> You remember I talked about uh, the bones in, in, in Ezekiel 37, the valley. And you know what? The Lord said, can these bones live? Oh, yeah. Said, they started shaking and cracking and popping. And I said, Elvis didn't come up with that. God came up with it. A shake, growl, and roll. Hallelujah. <laughs> I, Elvis came up with that. I mean, the Lord came up with that. The bones connected, praise God. Life entered into those bones. The more bones back there, all them brothers and sisters that are buried by now, love the Lord, their bones are going to crack and crackle, and the flesh going to come back on, man. They're going to have skin again. They're going to have hair. They're going to have, you know, some that didn't have hair are going to have hair. Hallelujah. Praise God. <laughs> They're going to bust out of them graves, praise God. There's going to be an explosion. And nothing in this world can, can stop it. Come on, son. Well, I don't believe, brother. I don't care what you believe. You ain't going to stop it. <laughs> I don't believe that, Andrew. You don't care what you believe. It's going to happen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Jesus said it would happen. Yes, I said Jesus said it would happen. Yes, <laughs> How do you stand up? Praise God. We're going we're gonna to pray. Blackie, you sang that song this morning. And, and you know what? If Jesus would come tomorrow or today, what would you tell him? I mean, I believe that's a confirmation, brother. I do. Because I didn't know you was going to sing that song. Praise God. If he come today, if he come right now, would you be ready? 
Come on, somebody. Amen. I, I like Brother Coon's old song. Jesus is coming. Yep. Jesus is coming. How is he coming just any day now? How is he coming? He's coming to get us. How is he coming on a snow white cloud? Jesus is coming. Jesus is coming. How is he coming just any day now? How is he coming? He's coming to get us. How is he coming on a snow white cloud? I can still see Brother Coon singing. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's bow our heads. We're going to pray. Amen. Listen, I'm not going to ask for hands. You only know. Please. You know where you're at with the Lord today. And it don't take shaking a preacher's hand or nothing like that. It's just knowing that you're right with God. That's all I want. You know, you can sit to the person next to you and say, well, I want to be like them. Or you can see I'm satisfied like I am. Whatever, Paul said, follow me, for I follow Christ. Can, can you say that? Tell somebody, hey, follow me, I'm following Jesus. Amen. I can, because I believe it's right, even though I'm not, I haven't got all together yet, but I still am following Jesus, right? right. You want to follow Jesus? Follow me, I'm, I'm going to serve the Lord. Let's go, to, let's go serve the Lord together, Amen. right? Amen. Father, we just thank you, Father, for today. Lord, I thank you for the truth of your word. Yes. I thank you that you are coming back. And Lord, I thank you that you're going you're gonna to catch us away, Father, that we're going to be with Jesus. We have that hope. Father, we have that hope. We have that hope for your return. In the name of Jesus, Father, we bless your people, Lord God. Draw them close to you. Let them draw near to you, Father. Let us be more near than we've ever been in our lives, Father. In the name of Jesus. You know, scary thought that I just had. There's a lot of Christians that are going to wake up one day. They're going to turn their radio on. They're going to hear millions of people have just disappeared. And they're going to say, well, God, what about me? Come on, somebody. Did I not go to church? Did I not read your Bible? Did I not sing the songs? Because you would not let unforgiveness in your heart. You're not, you can't come into my kingdom. Because you got bitterness, you, you refuse to let go. And allow me to heal you. I cannot take you into my kingdom. Because you, 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 you were a troublemaker. And you try to cause people hurt. You know we can go on in a different list of certain things. That's why you left. You, listen I said it last week. And I'm going to say it before I close. The number one thing to tell me you're, you're going to heaven. Is if you love his word. If you don't love his word you don't love God. And if you don't love God, you're not going to make it. Right? Amen. Amen. God bless y'all.